We want to welcome all of our listeners to another episode of Minority Report with Eric and Carell. Each episode, we talk with leaders in business, tech, and media. And today, joining us is Mary Almonte. Mary is a marketing consultant, podcast host, and freelance journalist. Let's jump in and get to know Mary. Mary, welcome. How are you? Hey, guys. I'm doing so well, and I'm honored to be here with you. So, Yeah, we're excited you're here with us and and, uh, look forward to our chat with you. Tell us a little bit about Mary. Where's Mary from, and where, where were you born and raised? So I was born and raised in Staten Island, New York, pausing for negative reaction because everybody has something negative to say (laughs) about (laughs) Staten Island. But I'm actually really proud to be from there, despite, you know, flaws and all. And so I'm actually biracial. I think that's a a kind of relevant part to kind of get into next. So my father is Italian and my mom is African-American and not just African-American, but she's like from Alabama Southern Medea, <laughs> Black. So I identify as a biracial Black woman. Important to note in, in this climate that we're living in these days in this country. So. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what that was like growing up with your household and your family. What was that like? Who child. <laughs> it was, you know, honestly, I hate to kind of play into the confused biracial stereotype, but it definitely was confusing. And I think every biracial person's experience is its own, right? Because, you know, depending on your cultural blend and depending on where you grow up and what that racial mix-up is like, and where I grew up in Staten Island was very conservative, and it still is, very Italian, and, you know, for the most part, it still is, although we're getting some diversity outside of Wu-Tang, of course, you know, Wu-Tang forever, all that. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it was definitely, you know, dare I say blatantly, a racist environment. And I always was one of the, you know, few brown kids, so to speak, in every class that I went was in. You know, I it's funny, but recently I've been talking to my dad in light of all that's going on, you know, racially in the world. And he was telling me, and my dad is the white parent, that, you know, growing up, he always had to think of, you know, diversity in choosing where we moved. So I always lived on like the nicest block in the hood, (laughs) but it was an intentional choice, you know, made by him to make sure that I wasn't ostracized or, you know, basically uh, having no one to identify with that looked like me. But to be honest with you, you know, it wasn't necessarily that I felt that I fit in there either. So for most of my formative years, I kind of felt like I fit in nowhere. And it wasn't until high school that there were other biracial kids and even Hispanic kids that I kind of, you know, physically identified with. So I sort of blended in with them. And then I did feel some sort of, I guess, you know, sense of belonging. But it was really rough, man. (laughs) How do you think that sort of shaped who you are today? You know what? I actually think it made me stronger. I think it made it where I don't look for others' approval as much as a lot of my peers do, because I think I always assumed like, you know what, people aren't feeling me anyway, so I'm just going to beat to my own drum and do my own thing. So I definitely think it it made me a stronger person, but it definitely was a struggle to get here. So, Yeah, I want to come back to that in, in just a little bit, but tell our, our audience a little bit about what you're doing for work these days and, and how you're staying busy there? 
So I think the question is, what am I not doing for work these days? Um, (laughs) So my background is in digital marketing. I started out in the agency world, pretty much had like every role that you can think of in an agency in digital. I mean, I started in ad operations, then I moved to media planning, then I was running media departments. And then I kind of found that my sweet spot was in news and entertainment. And so I worked at places like BET and Global Citizen. And my last job, job nine to five was with the parent company of Hot 97 and WBLS in New York. And I basically wore every digital hat you could think of there. And it was such a great experience. It was kind of like my dream job because growing up in New York and I was a hip hop head, Hot 97 was the creme de la creme, right? Mm -hmm. Like that was the epicenter. And so basically, um, that parent company ended up selling off all of their properties. My position was eliminated. I felt like I was in a bad breakup. (laughs) I needed healing. I know that may sound crazy, but I do think it's a thing when you put so much of yourself into a job and then, you know, it's no longer there. So I was thinking to myself, you know, what can I do that would allow me to kind of Well, I think here's another important thing we didn't really touch on. I'm a mom of two. I actually was a teen mom. So I have a 17-year-old daughter right now and a nine-year-old son. And basically, you know, those teen years are crazy. I don't know if you guys are there yet with your kids, but especially with girls, it is a thing. Yes. And so I needed to be around (laughs) because who knows what was happening. And basically, I got my real estate license and it's been a really great pivot. Interestingly, I've been using a lot of my digital marketing skills to advance my real estate career, which in a small place like Staten Island, not a lot of people are really versed in digital. So I feel like I'm kind of pioneering things here. And it's really been a cool experience. And then also, I have a passion project that I'm really bringing to life. It's called Young Urban Moms. I started it as a blog back when blogging was really the thing. (laughs) So now I'm dating myself. But basically, about a year and a half ago, I came to realize that, you know, podcasting was the new wave. I mean, look, we're here now, right? Yeah. And so I repurposed Young Urban Moms into a podcast, tapped the executive producer of the Master Flex show through my 97, you know, life to executive produce our show. And we recorded our entire first season, which, you know, I'm super proud of. But then COVID hit. (laughs) And this was just, we were planning to like launch. We were going to do it really big and bougie. And now we are rolling out our soft launch as a result of our pivot from COVID. So yeah, bummer. But, you know, I think that a lot of people are finding themselves in these situations now where as a result of COVID, you're doing things a little differently. So. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. definitely. And, you know, one of the things I I like to tell people about this podcast that Eric and I started is it it gives us a chance to know people on a different level, right? People that we've known for years and and understand them a a bit better, right? Like, you know, Mary and I used to work together years ago where I hired Mary as a consultant at at a former place that I, I used to work with, right? But these stories, you know, that you're telling now, obviously didn't know some of them then. And and curious to get your thoughts on young urban moms, right? And and running that and growing that. What have you learned that you're pretty proud of or super excited about? I think the main takeaway when you're really trying to build a brand is that you have to be flexible 
especially in these times, because people are consuming content in so many different ways, right? And there's all these new things that keep popping up. I mean, like I said, I started it as a blog back when that was how people were consuming content. That quickly moved to social media, right? Then it moved to podcasting. Now TikTok is its own sort of entity. And <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to learn how to ride the wave with that being not a teeny bopper. But um, believe it or not, I'm learning a lot from my daughter. And, you know, it's interesting because a lot of people, I think, underestimate TikTok. I mean, they're not paying us, so I'm not trying to make this a whole <laughs> segment about them. But I do think it is a necessary, at least right now at the time of this recording, it's definitely been a challenge. And one is like a necessary evil and more of a reinforcement that, you know what, you have to constantly keep your finger on the pulse of what people are, you know, tuning into or tapping mm-hmm. into. Or right. Be- trending. And so, you know, I think that us being like millennials or even older, it's like you you don't really want to start, you know, adding more apps to your collection, especially when it comes to social. But if you want to stay relevant, you kind of have to. So absolutely, there's always something to know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, Mary, I, I've seen you out protesting, right? I think uh, I saw you out protesting with your daughter, I, I believe yeah. it was as well. How have you talked to your kids about just kind of like what's going on in the world today and the climate and, you know, even taking your teenage daughter to to a protest like that? So I am as honest as possible. I mean, look, none of us have answers to the whys of of why a lot of these things are happening. But I mean, I think that we have to communicate with them again, kind of piggybacking on what we were just saying. Right. These kids, not even just teens, kids are tapped into social media. So they're seeing all these images. They're seeing the image of George Floyd being sat on until he died. I mean, so, you know, my son is nine and he literally was like, can that happen to me? Like, Uh I mean, it's, it's crazy. So I think it's really important that we have these conversations and let them kind of fill in the blanks for themselves. I think that we still have to instill in them that people are inherently good at heart but there are bad apples and you kind of have to conduct yourself like you don't know what you're getting. And I think that that is kind of the the formula that I'm following. And again, we're all just winging it. Right. So part of what yum, yum is what I call, you know, the acronym for young urban moms. I mean, the mission of yum is to uplift, inform and empower black and brown moms. But Mm. obviously there's, you know, matters of motherhood and even parenting. I don't want to leave out dad. I mean, (laughs) I'm sure there's matters of parenting that unite us all. Right. So but part of what the mission has morphed into in light of recent events has been, you know, trying to figure out how to support each other as we're figuring out how to guide our kids with this. So, I mean, I felt very compelled to attend protests. And my daughter, you know, a lot of her friends, even her teachers were fortunate in that way, mm. you know, were attending her school blacked out on the uh, the national day that everyone blacked out on social media. So like she was very aware that felt very passionately about it. And so I'm lying if I were to say that I was not afraid of what could have happened, especially there was a lot of buzz in the more racist side of Staten Island, the South Shore, you know that they were locked and loaded and all of these things like ready to like shoot us. So with that one, I was definitely a little more scared mm-hmm. and hesitant, but I I swear to you, and I'm not even making this up. I'm getting chills thinking about it. When I thought about backing out, I literally thought about John Lewis and, 
you know, all of our ancestors and how they must have felt when they were about to cross the bridge at Selma, knowing what awaited them. And right. if they could do that, then, you know, we could too. So. Yeah, that is a great point. And, you know, I've had conversations with a, a lot of folks recently and, and just talking about, you know, using this moment in time to, to further progress, right? Our mission. And, and I think we would be doing the people that came before us a disservice if we didn't carry out with some of these actions. So I, I, I totally agree with you. Absolutely. Yeah. So going back to being a, a mom plus a real estate agent, a podcast host, a marketing consultant, and on and on and on, how in the hell are you managing it all? Is there a such thing as work-life balance or or not? <laughs> you know, no, there's not. Honestly, I think that if I ever really stopped and thought about all the things that I had to do, I would feel overwhelmed. So I just kind of take it one task at a time and go from there. But yeah, work-life balance is a joke. I think in a way, COVID helped with that a little bit because where are we going anyway? Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So I feel like even all of like the adult fun that I do have these days, there's always a business tie to it, you know, where I'm meeting co-hosts or, you know, it's definitely not like, woo, I'm just going to have a, you know, some merry time. No, that's not even pencil bit. But maybe I should get better at that. You're kind of making me realize <laughs> that <laughs> that is important. So don't be like me, people. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't believe in there's a such thing as work-life balance. I believe like you, you have one life and you choose to dedicate your time to the things that you feel are, are most important and, and that's it. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, tell us about some, some folks that, you know, worked with you or mentored you in your career. Did you have anyone like that, that sort of influenced or sort of helped to, sh- to shape Mary? So this is a crazy story, but Lisa Evers has always kind of been my idol. And so I was super geeked to work with her when I worked at, you know, Hot 97, but I never really did get to work closely with her there. I think I might've literally rubbed elbows with her at like a work function and like wanted to say something and never, (laughs) never really like had the opportunity to. And in a very interesting twist of events and coincidental for this conversation, Mm. I had actually, as a part of Yum!, I had posted a video of myself speaking with my son about the George Floyd situation and basically talking to him about how he should conduct himself if when he grows up, he's ever, you know, pulled over by the cops. You know, we had seen the movie The Hate You Give, and that was kind of something that sparked conversation and and thoughts about that. And I posted it and Lisa happened to see it. And she reached out to me. I'm not kidding at all. She reached out to me and asked if, you know, I would be down to discuss it on the show. And so, you know, she built a whole episode of Street Soldiers, which, you know, it airs on the local news and it also airs on 97. And we created a panel around it and we basically talked about having the talk with your kids. Mm -hmm. And then she invited me back and we had a whole episode about being biracial and Mm -hmm. what it's like during these times. And so that episode is yet to air. I'm not sure. I'm you could look for it soon. I'm not sure when it's coming. But yeah, I mean, basically now she she and I have been in constant contact and she's given me pointers and, you know, talked to me about yum. And I mean, I feel like it doesn't get any better than that. So That's awesome. Yeah. It's crazy. Mary, what are you following and, and what are you reading and consuming to sort of stay informed? 
Like, what are some of the things that you go to maybe daily or going back to and over and over, and over again? So this is going to sound crazy, but the truth is Twitter. Twitter is where I get my news. Good, bad, and indifferent, I guess. <laughs> Honestly, that's like my go-to app whenever I want to know what's happening in the world. Or even if I'm in situations, like I want to say almost a year ago, I saw like nonstop traffic. I was in the city and I was like, what's going on here? And my first instinct was to go to Twitter. And sure enough, whatever the incident was that was causing that traffic was, was right trending there. on Twitter. <laughs> yes. So that's it for me. Crazy, right? I feel like I should have had a more sophisticated answer, but... No, there's quite a bit in there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what advice would you give any potential or future young urban mom? You know, there obviously are women out there that are, are going to have kids at, you know, a younger age. I won't say young, a younger age, right? And maybe follow in some of the the footsteps that you've had. And, and I think, you know, you've had some great success with the many things you've done in your career and running a family at home and all that. What, what advice would you give to a young urban mom? So it's funny, right? Because I mean, yes, and I, I'm not the type that likes to brag about myself, but I do feel like a lot of times on social media, you know, it's everybody's highlight reel, right? So right. like you're seeing all these successes and thinking, and then if you're not living up to that, you're feeling like I'm a loser and not doing anything in life. So I think my advice would be that the answers really are within you. I know that may sound crazy, but I think we all do have instincts for a reason. And I also think that there's a lesson in every L or loss. I mean, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> I'm quoting it up, but honestly, there really is. So I think no matter what situation you go through, even if it's a failure, there's something to be learned from it and you just, you know, keep it moving. I mean, honestly, as parents, like, I think that's the one thing that I, we all can agree with, right? You don't have time to like have a pity party or no. <laughs> to, like sit there and sulk. You got to just keep it moving and you take your lessons with you and, you know, you hope your kids don't need therapy later. So. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Fun question. I love asking everyone we have on the podcast. Give us the top three apps on your phone that you use. You can't name email, calendar, or text messaging. Okay. Spotify. Okay. We're, we're on Spotify, though, by the way. So, you know. Yes. So, yeah, hopefully, you guys are listening on Spotify. Um, <laughs> you know, and it's funny, I'm a big Apple user, but for some reason, I prefer to listen to podcasts and music on Spotify versus Apple Music. It's weird. Let's see. Group me which it might be a weird one, but it's a very mom choice because that's kind of how I keep in touch with all of the activities that my kids do. And I like plan my schedule around that. So gotcha. yeah, that sounds very mom of me and not fun. Um, <laughs> let's see, what would the third one be? WhatsApp, honestly. All right. That's in touch uh, with people. So. Yeah, that's one of my highly used apps as well too. So yeah. Appreciate that, <laughs> and I'm sure Twitter is in there somewhere too. Well, yeah, no, no, it's getting there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Can't right. Twitter. That's probably number one. I should there have said go. that. <laughs> well, uh, Mary, thanks for hanging out with us today. And where can our audience sort of continue the conversation or follow you and get in touch? What's the best way? Sure. So I'm at Miss Mary Almonte on pretty much all social media platforms, M-I-S-S-M-A-R-Y-A-L-M-O-N-T-E. And they should definitely be following Young Urban Moms yep. at Young Urban Moms everywhere. 
And we're on all listening platforms as well. I just haven't told nobody yet, but you guys could definitely. Because uh, <laughs> I'm bougie and extra. So I'm planning some kind of big announcement that we're there. But we have dropped a couple of our first season episodes. So check us out. Excellent. Thanks again for joining us. And everyone, thanks for listening with us again. You can find us where you find all of your audio. Thanks. Thanks.